media day for the Detroit Pistons has come and gone. We're going to talk about everything I heard from media day, my biggest takeaways from what we heard from the Pistons players, coaches, and GM in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. We are on our way to 10,000 subscribers. The goal is to hit that by the end of this upcoming season. So if you're watching this or you're listening to the podcast and you want to find another way to support the podcast, best way is to hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel, Locked On Pistons. Again, I would really appreciate it. Media day, come and gone. It was a fun day. Um, There's a lot of takeaways. There were a lot of things said. I want to hear from you guys first. What were your guys' biggest takeaways from media day? Again, let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter. Um, later on, we'll talk about Cade Cunningham. And then lastly, at the very end of the podcast, we'll talk about some overall quick-hitting thoughts um, from Media Day. Um, and there was a lot of different ways I could start. I could have started the podcast today. But I felt like my biggest takeaway was Asar Thompson and some of the things that were being said about Asar Thompson. Now, ahead of preseason, which is going to be starting in a week from here, I'm excited for that. We still don't know what exactly the starting lamp is going to be. We don't know what the starting lamp is going to look like in training camp. Um, I'm sure we'll hear from some of the beat writers and people at the game, uh, at the practices talking about, okay, they were running this lamp a lot, or they were running this lamp around in practice. So we'll find out then, but we don't really know yet. Um, and we've speculated all offseason, will Osar Thompson play immediately? Will he be a starter from day one? And I've got to say, from everything we heard from all the players, from Troy Weaver, from Asar Thompson himself, I'm not going to guarantee anything, but it just, the, the vibe, the things that are being said, it makes you feel like that Asar is going to play a heavy role from the get-go. Now, again, it's media day. It, you hear all kinds of positive things media day. You don't hear a bunch of negative stuff on media day. What's the purpose of that? So, of course, you're going to hear some positive things. But, man, I'm just saying, the things I was hearing from uh, from, uh, from Asar and about Asar, I, I just can't, it's hard for me to envision a world where Asar, is, if he's not starting, playing a big role off the bench, like a huge, not just like a 20 minutes per game role. I think he's going to play a big role out the gate. So just want to read you guys some of the quotes we heard about Asar. Um, so this is Ivy on Asar Thompson. Quote, he brings a certain presence you barely see in the NBA. Killian Hayes on Asar Thompson. He's explosive. He can be late, making a mistake, and he's going to recover. He's so physically gifted, and he's a great guy as well. Then you have on Isaiah Stewart on Asar Thompson. He quote, he's ready. Asar knows how to play great team basketball defensively. His game is off the charts. I think he'll be playing 
day one. Then you got Cade Cunningham on Asar Thompson. Quote, he plays winning basketball super hard. He connects the floor very well. His playmaking ability should be talked about even more. Then you got Troy Weaver talking about Asar Thompson being ready from day one. He was asked specifically about that. He said, quote, Coach Williams would be the one to ask about that, but defensively, I think he's going to be ready. If you guys have been listening to the podcast all offseason, all summer, I've said over and over and over again that Asar could be the Pistons' best defender Instantly, on the wings. Maybe one of the big guys, maybe Duran ends up being better in his second year. Who knows? But I think Asar might end up being the Pistons' best defender this season. However, that is still a big ask. A huge ask out of a rookie. Most times, I've said this many, many times on the podcast, rookies are usually not good on defense. You'll have the rare example. The one I always bring up is Herb Jones with the New Orleans Pelicans. He was a good defender out the gate. But it's not that doesn't usually happen However, I've said that I think Asar could be one of these exceptions. Now, if he wasn't one of these exceptions, is it some like, oh, God, it's time to hit the red button. It's time to get scared. If something went wrong. No, because most rookies are not. I'm simply saying, I've said throughout the offseason, I think he could be a rare exception to the rule where he might actually be good on defense instantly. And all you heard throughout media day was his teammates, the coaching staff, and the front office all echoed that. They all talked about his defense and how they believe he'll be ready on that side of the ball from day one. Troy Weaver went out of his way. He could have said, yeah, I think he'll be ready as a player day one. Yeah, I think he can help us uh, immediately. Or he could have said, no, I think it might take him some time. He could have went all kinds of different routes. He didn't say anything about his offense. He said, let Coach Williams talk about whether Asar will be ready. But he went out of his way to say, on defense, I think he'll be ready instantly. And if that's the case, if Asar Thompson is ready out the gate to be the Pistons' best defender day one, he will be in the starting lineup. That's my prediction. If he's not in the starting lineup, it's because he's not ready yet or he's not at the level immediately as a rookie, which, again, it's not a bad thing at all. He doesn't have to be at that level immediately. Most rookies are not. But if he's not in the starting lineup, I'm going to assume it's because he's not where they he, he's not at the point defensively to where he's so good already where you need him in the starting lineup. If he if he is that good defensively, he will be in the starting lineup because they need that desperately. That's the only thing that – that's the thing that's going to get him in that starting lineup is his defense and his ability to play team defense and play individual defense. I think he's going to be fantastic in the NBA. I think he's going to be an all-defensive type of player. Will he be that good as a rookie? Who knows? The, the odds say no. History says probably not. He could be the rare exception. His teammates, front office, coaching staff seem to think it could be the exception this upcoming year with the SAR Thompson. So I'm really interested to see what we hear from training camp with the SAR and how we how he looks in preseason and what the starting lineup looks in that first preseason game because they sound incredibly confident about where he is defensively. Now his teammates, they've played with them all offseason. Something that you heard throughout media day is how often they spoke about how they were together all offseason, all of them as a team. They were playing uh, pickup, Monty Morris and Joe Harris, and um, I think it was Cade. All of them talked about how hey, we had so many people at the practice facility all offseason that we were running pickup games all day. Like, we, they, we would just go out there and play pickup, five on five. We had so many people there. I know for a fact that I, I, I've been told a few Pistons have been there more often this offseason than they ever have. One of I've heard Marvin Bagley was one of those. I've heard Killian Hayes was another. Those two guys I've heard have been there a ton. I've heard that all offseason. So it sounds like the whole team, 
They've been getting a lot of run-in, so they will know. They should know if Asar actually is holding up defensively. Now, pickup runs are di- different than, obviously, NBA actual NBA games. But still, it's something. He's given his teammates a great first impression, it seems like. Um, so that was the main thing I needed to talk about, I felt like. I felt like that was the biggest takeaway from media day, is Asar Thompson, how confident they seem to be in his defense. And then before we move on to the next topic, we'll talk about Cade. There is one last thing I want to say about Asar. And no, I wasn't at media day. Let me let me make that clear. I wasn't there. Um, I Hopefully, I'm there next, next offseason. That's the goal. I, I'd like to be there. I was not able to be there this year. Um, but I was watching it on a stream that one of the Pistons Twitter accounts, uh, Pistons Fleet, tweeted out. Um, so I was watching it and trying to get quotes out, trying to cover it the best possible um, from home. One of the things that Asar did say that wasn't about his defense, then we'll move on. But one of the things Asar did mention that it just really stood out to me is he said that he feels like he's very versatile offensively, can play one through four, and he thinks he's really good at generating paint touches and kicking out, which he believes is very important in this NBA. He went on multiple times to talk about generating paint touches. Asar Thompson and his brother. I know people laugh at this sometimes when I say this. I know people don't take it as serious. But when they went through that whole quiz of like naming NBA players that went through this, uh, went to this team, this draft position, who was part of this draft day trade, who was, and they like got all of them correct. And every time you talk to them about the NBA, they seem like NBA junkies. I seriously think that's going to play a huge part in their development as 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 players. Just staying with Asar. When you ask players these questions, and I've been watching the Pistons for about a, over a decade. I've been doing this for a few years now. When you ask players these questions, they usually don't give you, like, detailed answers like this. They'll give you, like, oh, I think I can play defense, or I, I think I can help this team out with my energy. They'll give you bland statements like that. And a lot of players, let's just be honest, a lot of players may not be the highest IQ players out there. There, Some of them just aren't. Asar Thompson not only seems to, and I, I think this is big for him, not only does he seem to understand where the NBA is right now, where the NBA is going, what's important to an NBA offense, the intricacies and the details, he understands what he can help in the NBA immediately. He knows his strengths, he knows his weaknesses, and he knows how he can help a team win. Him talking about generating paint touches and making kickouts, you don't get those kind of quotes out of... If you were to ask any other player, I have to assume that maybe 2% of players would be like, yeah, you know, I think I can break down on defense, get to the paint, and make great kickouts. I think paint touches are really important to the NBA because the more you can touch the paint, the more you're collapsing defenses. We can make plays out of that, and I think I can do a really good job out of that. Like, you don't get those kind of answers out of just every NBA player. You get that, like... If you listen to a podcast like me, because I'm a nerd like that. I like breaking down the game, what's important to basketball, get into the in- intricacies like that. You don't get that from every NBA player when you talk with them. And Asar, going all the way back to draft now, when he talked about it seems like the NBA is moving towards having multiple ball handlers. I like that about my team or, or our team here in the Pistons. We're going to have a lot of ball handlers, and we've talked about that in the offseason as well. You look across the NBA, he is right. Troy Weaver also talked about he's right about that. Every time Asar talks, he's – it's like he's not giving just bland answers. He's actually giving detailed answers, showing off his IQ of the game and understanding where he fits in, what exactly he can help with this team, and where the NBA is moving. And I think that kind of self-awareness and IQ for the game of basketball 
is huge in the NBA. It's absolutely huge, and it's huge for your development. So that was probably my biggest takeaway from Asar. All these things, the defense, everything, but that hearing him talk about generating paint touches, like, go across media day. Tell me if you got some, like, detailed answer like that where some dude's talking about paint touches. Like, that's something... That's, that's one of those things you... A casual would say, oh, you're a nerd. Who wants to talk about paint touches? Like, that's, like... That's the kind of answer you got from Asar. It impresses me. I'm not going to lie. It's incredibly impressive to me. And I love it. So what do you guys think about what we heard from Asar? What his teammates said about, or what his teammates said about him? Let me know all that in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. When we come back, we'll talk about Cade Cunningham and some of the things we heard about Cade during media day. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Ibotta. It's football season, so that means pizza, wings, and maybe even some buffalo chicken dip. Whatever you prefer at your tailgate, go all out and get cash back on every purchase with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's just that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $100 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, or that fancy dinner that you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much, but with Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank accounts, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCKED to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store to download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review. Whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, that's another great way to support the podcast. Um, If you want some, if, if you're looking forward to more just quick hitting thoughts. Stay tuned for the final segment because I'll, I'll talk about a bunch of different things that we that we heard from Media Day and kind of just give quick thoughts on a bunch of different things. So stay tuned for that third segment because um, that's coming. Um, can't obviously make a segment for everything we heard. I'd be here for hours. Maybe you guys would love that, but that, co- that doesn't come with the job. Um, so I want to focus on Cade now. From what we heard about Cade, what we heard from Cade during Media Day. Um, again, Media day is full of positivity. Like, no team's media day. I mean, maybe not the Sixers. Like, the Sixers have some crazy stuff already going on. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard this, like, James Harden stuff. I, heck, I found some new stuff about Kelly Oubre and James Harden drama, apparently, that there might be some kind of pettiness going on. The Sixers got a lot of crazy stuff going on. I don't know what's going on over there in Philly. You guys might need to check out Locked on Sixers, figure out what the hell is going on over there, because that, oh, God, man. But overall... Media day is supposed to be full of positivity. You're not going to get no bad thoughts. You're not going to get some bad comments half the time, usually. So, yes, you want to take some of this stuff with a grain of salt. Because everyone's going to speak highly. Everyone's going to speak, you know, say good things, whatever. But, again, <laughs> everything we heard about Cade is just, was just fantastic stuff. Like, just continuing to feed the Cade, the Cade hype. The, the, the hype that he built. At Team USA, the hype that he built 
at the Rico Hines run, the hype he's built, or built just really throughout the offseason when talking to his camp, some of the things that have been leaked out. There's some crazy hype around Cade, and Media Day did nothing but make it even more. Um, Troy Weaver, here's a quote from Troy. He said, quote, what people saw this summer was just Cade being healthy. Um, and James Edwards III um, of The Athletic, he went on to write an article titled, Cade's, uh, you forgot about Cade. It's a really good article. I suggest you guys read it. Um, but everything you heard about Cade at this presser, the main, one of the main things you heard is how great of a leader he is. Asar Thompson said that one of the first things he learned about Cade is that Cade doesn't seem like he's 22. He doesn't act like he's 22. It's crazy how good of a leader he is. And multiple players throughout the media day talked about it's crazy how great of a leader he is that he acts like and talks like a 10-year vet. He's ready to be a leader instantly, and he's taken the, you know, the horns of the franchise and is just ready to go with it. He, he's, he has the keys to the franchise, and he's not irresponsible with that. And it goes back to what we talked about with his brother Cannon on the podcast a few months ago. Cade knew what came with being the number one overall pick. He wanted what came with the number one overall pick. He wanted the pressure. He wanted the leadership. He wanted all of this that came with being the face of the franchise and being with the first pick in the draft. And all we've heard since he's been drafted, even when he was hurt, all we've heard is his continued leadership and how mature and 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 just how really the Pistons got lucky with how great of a face of the franchise they have. Doesn't have drama, off-the-court issues, great teammate, leader in the locker room. Like all this stuff that you want from Cade, you have it. And his teammates did nothing but sing his praises when talking about his leadership. So that was the main takeaway when talking about Cade. It's just how great of a leader he is. He's going to lead this team. Wherever they end up, he's going to lead them there. And they all look up to him, it seems like. Like, they all look up to him, and they all want to play for him. Now, You want to play for your coach? You want to play for your team? You want to play for the city you play for? But it seems like all of them want to play for Cade. And they want to play well for Cade, which is crazy to get. It really is crazy to get a, like a locker room and, and a bunch of guys feeling that way about a 22 year old. Like, you know, let's let's make a comparison over to the Lions. Like Dan Campbell has gotten the Lions to want to play hard for him. They want to do everything for him. They want to win for him. They want to run through a brick wall for him. It took a while to build that up. He's a head coach. Usually, guys, if you have a good head coach, guys will want to play for a head coach. They're older. They're experienced. All that kind of thing. Veterans. Like, if Cade was a few years down the line, it's like, okay, this guy's been around the league. We know he's established within this franchise. He plays well. He's a good guy. Like, we want to play for him. But as a young guy, you usually don't, like, it's not often that you see young guys command that type of respect and, and command that type of, like, energy from the, from the locker room. And it's not just like the young guys saying this. We had Monty Morris talking about. We had Boyan talking about. Like everyone in this locker room that we heard from at Media Day talked about wanting to play hard for Cade and wanting to win with him. So I just think that's uh, – we can talk about his, his actual on-court play. We'll see what it looks like when the season opens up. But really, I just find it extremely impressive how he's been able to command a locker room at 22 years old and missing his entire second season, basically. Like, he has command of everyone's respect. And it's that's a huge thing you want 
with your franchise player. We can look at other rebuilds. We can look at other young teams, whereas maybe that's not the case. That hasn't been the case in some young teams. I'm not calling out any names. This hasn't been the case with some young teams. The Pistons may not have been good last year. Heck, we don't know how good they'll be this year. But we know there won't be any drama, and we know there's not going to be any like fighting or any, any kind of BS going on because of who is at the head of that locker room and who's taking control of the franchise. I think that's huge for Cade. I, I know that's not about actual basketball on the court, but I think that plays a huge part, huge part in rebuilding this team. Um, but in something else, more basketball-related, I guess, um, Cade talked about how the main thing that he was working on this summer was shooting. Um, and that's something that we heard from his brother again when he was on the podcast a few months ago. I've said over and over throughout the offseason um, that everything from his camp has said that hey, shooting is what we're working on. That shot's going to come back. Like, that's the whole goal here. Um, and we saw that throughout the offseason at Team USA. We heard it looked really good in the Rico Hines runs. His shot looked fantastic. Um, so I'm interested to see how the shot looks specifically on pull-up threes. I'm wondering if he's going to get back to where he was at Oklahoma. But we know that was the focus of Cade, and Cade confirmed that, that that is the main thing he has been working on, and he's what, he's ready to really turn that shooting around. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, that's that's really it with Cade. Um, actually, one last thing that he said, um, I guess I should mention here, um, Cade talked about playing for Team USA. I um, just want to read this quote off real quick. Quote, I was definitely happy with how I played. That was one of my big goals this summer to see where I was at, and I felt good about where I was. Um, Kate, Kate's going to have a good year, guys. I, he, I think he's going to have a really great year, and he's going to put the NBA fan base, the NBA world on, on notice. Like, I, I don't know how good the team's going to be. Don't know. Don't know how the rest of his teammates are going to be. I don't know. I feel pretty confident saying Kate's going to be pr- – pretty freaking good this year. Like if the if I knew the team would be good, I'd say he'd be an all-star this year. Like I'm pretty confident that there's going to be a pretty big jump coming from K this upcoming year and I, I can't wait for it. I I can't wait for it. This team is ready to play hard for him. He has he has he has this team with the right type of energy heading into the year and if that shot comes around, if that shot goes back to what it was pre-draft, what people expected him to be, I think he's going to have a great year. Also, obviously, we knew this already, but everyone said that he he looks healthy. He's completely 100%. I, I don't think I really need to mention that, but, yeah, we heard that. Um, we already knew that, though. So, um, Is there anything else that you guys heard from Media Day about Cade Cunningham that maybe I didn't mention that caught your guys' eye? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter. At Hill. When we come back, we'll do some quick hitting thoughts on Media Day, some other things that we heard. Stay tuned for that. But first, you guys got to hear from some of our lovely sponsors. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So here's some, uh, we're just going to go quick here and give some overall thoughts on multiple things that were said. So the first thing that I want to talk about is Troy Weaver was asked about the competition with the roster. He said, quote, competition in-house is the best thing for us to grow. Veteran, they need young guys to keep them on their toes. Young guys need vets to keep them on their toes. We've developed the last few years. It's time for those guys to step up. Nothing will be given. 
Monty Williams was then asked by, I believe it was Corey Woods. He was asked, where does Killian Hayes fit in the rotation? He said, we'll see in training camp. Um, there's going to be a lot of competition. There's going to be a lot of playing time capable or available for a lot of players, and players are going to have to earn it. If they earn playing time, they will be given playing time. So the overall takeaway I get from that, I hope that they're being honest with that because I think there's a lot of minutes. I, I, I want to see the best players. Not only do I think the Pistons should just play whoever the best players are, I think I think the fan base wants to see that. I think they're done probably. I, I think you guys are probably done with just giving guys minutes because they're rebuilding and need to develop. Now, I think that's the case with everyone except maybe a star. I think a star should get minutes no matter what, obviously. Um, but everyone else, I want to see an open battle happen. I want to see the best players on the court. And I think it's really cool that the, the players seem to have accepted this kind of competition. They're ready to go out there and fight for minutes. I'm, I, I've told you guys this so many times. I'm ready to see these training camp storylines, these training camp articles, the leaks that we get from training camp about how the competition is going, who's outplaying who, who's playing well, what lines are being run. I, I think this is going to be extremely, extremely interesting. Um, just to give the exact quote from Monty about the competition, he said, quote, that's all we talked about all summer. The camp is going to be very competitive. There's a lot of opportunities for rotation minutes because of how the team is made up. I look forward to it. So I look forward to it too. Can't wait to see what happens. Um, This caught the <laughs> – this this really frustrated and really – um, caught the eye of the Pistons community on Twitter, at least. Um, Monty Williams said that he believes there's a chance Jalen Duren could log some minutes at the four, and that just, like, blew up the Pistons community. The Pistons community went crazy. They were like, dude, please stop. Just stop with the big man lineups, the double big man lineups. Just stop trying to force it. Just please. And I agree. Stop with the double big stuff. It's, it has to stop. We need to stop talking about the double big stuff it just needs to be launched into the sunset, never to be seen again. It needs to stop happening. With that being said, I was not at media day, so I don't know what the question was. I can't say for sure what exactly like was Monty Williams' tone around it. I'm going to assume that he didn't mean literally that they're going to be playing Jalen Durant at four. I'm sure he was probably asked, if I had to take a guess, I'm assuming they'll have to, they, they asked him about Jalen Durant's maybe versatility, um, offensively, I, guess, I I don't know. I do not think you're actually going to see Jalen Duran at the four at any point this season. If you did, then you have a reason to be mad <laughs> because the double big stuff, we have about two years now of evidence that it just does not work. It's not good. They don't have the, the personnel to do it. They just don't. It's just stop. Just stop doing it. So if they actually were to run like Jalen Duran and like James Wiseman together, again, and put Jalen Duren at the four, like, you guys have every reason to flip, flip out. But I don't think you're, that's going to happen. I'd love to know the question that Monty was asked that that got that answer. Um, but again, I'm just going to assume that we're not actually going to see it because Monty's a smart guy. And, yeah, I <laughs> it's not going to happen. I, I, I'm telling you guys, I, I truly believe we're not going to see it. I don't think it's anything worth getting upset about. Um, but there is one last thing I do want to say about the double big thing. I need this, the responses to the double big stuff to stop being like the support of it. And most of it, if you want me to be honest, most of it comes from James Wiseman stands that are coming over from golden state that want to see him have some kind of role. And they know a double big lap means he gets to play more. So they want to see it. 
Um, but other people, if you're not one of those, and you support the double big stuff, a lot of the the main retort I get, and I don't understand it, is, well, you got to be able to match up with Cleveland. Like, you have to be ready for Cleveland. Like, what happens when you go against Cleveland? Like, that that's the main thing I keep getting back. I just need I just need to say that why does everyone keep talking about Cleveland as if as if Cleveland just won the finals? As if Cleveland just set the new standard, is changing the NBA, and it's like, oh God, how do we measure up to them? We gotta be ready for that. I we'll never be able to win in the East if we can't match up with Cleveland, the same team that just lost in the first round this past year. The double big stuff went so badly in the in the playoffs of having two bigs that couldn't shoot that they're now talking about starting Max Struess and it may, may they may not go double bigs. Like that's been the talk over there in Cleveland, so why why is that like the the I don't understand why everyone keeps saying the ones who are support of the double big keep saying, well you gotta be ready for Cleveland. Cleveland's not the standard. They just lost in the first round. Why are you trying to build your team, build your front court? Why do you want that to be built to beat a first round loss team? I don't get it. That doesn't. I just don't understand how that makes any sense at all. So just please stop with that being the retort. I. I don't get it. That that doesn't make any sense. Um, anyways, outside of that, so I went on a little rant. Um, Duran talked about how he went down to Arlington to, to hang out with Cade and train with Cade before they went to Team USA, how they've been developing a, some chemistry. Cade was asked about Jalen Duran. He smiled as he was answering and said he's really looking forward to playing with Duran. He thinks him and Duran can do a lot of things together this year. I, I think that duo, we've talked about a lot this offseason, that's why I think Jalen Duran may end up being the second best player on the team this season because I think him and Cade are going to have such great chemistry and they're going to run a lot of stuff through Cade that's going to involve Duran, obviously. I think that duo could cause a lot of problems for teams this year. I think that might be the Pistons dynamic duo. I know a lot of people are saying Cade and Ivy might be the dynamic duo. And again, this is no shade at Ivy. I know if you ever mention Jalen Duran being the second best player on the team, you, you must hate Jay and Ivy. I I see that that's where we're at now. But has nothing bad to say about Jane Ivey. It's just because Cade and Duran, two pick-and-roll pick duo. Cade loves running pick-and-roll. Duran's great as a rolling big. They seem to have had great chemistry at Team USA. They seem very excited to play with each other. I think they're going to do great this year. I think that might be the dynamic duo for the Detroit Pistons. Not throwing shade at anyone else. Just saying I think those two are going to be really great. Um, and then my final takeaway um, Jay and Ivy sound so much more mature. Not that he sounded immature last year. That's not what I'm saying at all. But like, if you listen to him talk today, like that dude sounded like, first of all, he sounded like a, 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 a preacher. <laughs> he sounded like a preacher, um, in his like thirties or something like he, he sounded like he's the head of a church somewhere. That's first. And second, which is not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's how it, like, he sounded like that. He's really more comfortable in his personal life. He sounds like he's much more mature in his personal life. He seems to have found a really good um, connection or uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, he seems to be really sp- bought in his 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 spiritual life. I, should, I guess that's the best way to put it. And he seems to be really comfortable with that. And that seems to have really, you know, it sounds like just calmed him and he feels like, comfortable in his skin or something. I don't know. He just sounded really mature at this, at this presser today, which is really good. I I was really fascinated. It was really fascinating listening to him talk. Um, He talked very glowingly a bunch, like uh, about a bunch of people. Um, Again, he sounded like he was a 10 year vet. Like 
For real. He did, you, if you thought this, if you listened to Jane Ivy last year and that just played a recording and like mixed the voices up of what you heard today, you would not have thought that was Jane Ivy. Like, I, not saying it's good or bad. I'm not saying, like, he was, again, I'm not saying he was immature last year, but yeah, he sounds really mature and like he aged a lot <laughs> this past offseason and he's, he's growing into like a young man, which was cool to see. It's, it's cool. That's one of the cool things about like covering and, and watching a young team grow is that you get to see these guys go from kids to like grown men. And like, it felt like seriously, it felt like in just one off season, Jane Ivy like turned into like this kid that just came out of college to like this grown man. Like I, I thought it was really cool to listen to him talk. He sounds really comfortable in his skin and, and just really confident and comfortable where he is at in life um, right now, which you also heard this from Marvin Bagley too. Marvin Bagley talked about being, a better son. He talked about being a better teammate, a better boyfriend. He talked like these guys. That, that's another thing you got from this, this press, this media day, I should say is that everyone just seems like they're a family. They talked about multiple times how they're a family, they're close knit and they all seem like they're happy with their lives. Like they're all comfortable where they're at, not just on the basketball court, but like off the court that they're happy with their lives and comfortable where they're at. So I, I thought that's pretty cool. The Pistons are developing a really good culture in their locker room on and off the court. And it's cool to see players, like, get to that point because these guys aren't just athletes. They're humans, too. And they look like they're really happy or sound like they're really happy where they're at and seem like they've grown. And their teammates and the organization has really helped them, like, grow and get to the place where they they feel really confident about where they're at and just life, not even just as in their careers, at life. So that was another one of the main takeaways. It was really cool to see that. Um, and, again, it's one of the best things, one of the most fun things to see as you watch a young team grow is, is that development as just humans. So, um, but that's it. That's all I've got for you guys. Is there anything that I did not mention that you guys thought was a big takeaway from media day? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making lockdown Pistons your first list of every single day, free and available on all your podcast podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe on the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe out there till next time. Peace out.